0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff, too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car Daily.
0: For some reason, you and I are always making little changes and tweaks to the show behind the scenes. And for some reason, I don't understand. They seem to all converge in like one week. <laughs> I, I don't know why this mean. is. I don't know why this is. Yeah. We're constantly improving. That's, that's well, the hopefully, idea. Hopefully we are. Yeah. I mean, that's the intention. So you may have noticed, if you follow us on all the other platforms than just the podcast, uh, things are changing. We hit 200,000 subscribers on YouTube, which is awesome. We finished season. I'm going to see if I can remember all of them. I'm going to forget some. We finished <laughs> season one on Velocity and are already shooting season two. Right. Uh, one of the two brand new world premiere episodes of that season one hit YouTube this week. Correct. That's three. We did a video advertising not only, I mean, celebrating not only that two hundred thousand, but also the fact that we have a brand new logo. Yes, but so that's hard well. on. Yes, yeah, so that just for many we've been working months. on that for a while, but for some reason, that's this week too. <laughs> and then the one that you all should actually uh, be a little bit concerned about. Just keep in mind, we have podcast changes happening as well. Yes, we do, everybody. We're thrilled to announce that we are
1: joining Podcast One, com on their platform, along with 200 other podcasts. Yeah. I mean, The Steve Austin Show, of course, Adam Carolla, there's all kinds of them on here, and you will find our page with the new logo mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. podcastone.com. And we're going to be having a few changes there. You mentioned Android. You and I were talking about Android well, yeah, devices here's, earlier. Here's the
0: thing for you guys to you know. We're men- here's the only reason we're mentioning this. I mean, we're excited. What this is going to do is a couple things. It's going to allow us to have probably easier access for cross promotion and guests. It's also yes. going to allow us yes. to do kind of more normal ad breaks. It will help us with ads and ad breaks. So some of you guys have not liked our ad integration so far, but it's been kind of a unique deal to this point this is going to be much more standard so that will happen as well right but right. the whole reason we're bringing all of this up is because honestly we don't want you guys to notice a change however that's the idea however yes. we are moving platforms so all of the tech that's involved with that there will be some changes and if some if some sort of hiccup please let us know one of the ones we know about is that podcast one doesn't push to stitcher so if you're right, on android right. and you use stitcher You won't be able to get us there anymore. Now, I know Pocket Cast works for Android. Android. Yeah, absolutely there are are options. It's just Stitcher is one that they do not push to because Stitcher adds their own ads, which is something we've discovered by talking with them, which is interesting. So Stitcher is not supported. But Pocket Cast, we've heard very good things about for Android. Uh, Podcast One is very well integrated with iTunes. So from an iTunes perspective, it should not change at all. But we want you guys to know because if you find issues, please let us know. And if for some reason your feed of the podcast goes away, please understand it has something probably to do with this changeover. We are still out there. So I just wanted everybody to know that so that you're aware if there's a hiccup because we want to hear from you.
1: Yes, agreed. And we're, as Todd said, we're going to be doing some different kinds of ad reads. So uh, those will be, I believe, across the Podcast One platform. But with that, in terms of guests, this mm-hmm. was the big thing that we were thinking about behind the scenes. You know how you and I have been consistently saying guests are coming. We're yeah, still yeah. taking requests. So this platform is also going to make it easier, I believe, for us to get guests that are also on the same Podcast One platform. Well, we can do cross to have stuff. them on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're you'll hear cross promotion. Items. Yeah. You know various reads, but we're also thinking about some of the guests on here, and hopefully us joining some other podcasts as well. Mm-hmm. We, we want to have intention. guests on to debate your car debates. That's uh, well, a big idea. That's
0: true. Plus, we uh, plus we have other guests that we've wanted to put on for a while, and part of this whole tra- yeah. transition will make that a little bit more fluid. Plus, we have the gear kind of dialed in for guests. So all of this is kind of... Again, it's all converging. <laughs> it's not intended to converge. It right. just has it just all converged. That way.
1: It's very weird. Especially with the logo. And we finally got that resolved. We, yeah, yeah, we yeah. Uh, had actually um, a Lot of different um, concepts Mm -hmm. that we went through. Thank you, Nate, again. Nate was our graphic designer on that and uh, really helped us tremendously, and mm-hmm. so we did a bunch of iterations, and we've been really, really tweaking a lot of things over uh, the past
0: few months, as Nate has of fact. been very patient. Yes, he has. Nate is a fantastic friend of the show, yes, a longtime definitely. fan of the show, graphic designer out of uh, Chicago. We met him, actually, at our Chicago Track Day last That's year. That's right. We got to hang out right. home, which he, was uh, awesome.
1: He actually let us in his car. Exactly. He turned exactly. us loose in his car Well, on when track. we ran out of things to drive, <laughs> we
0: went, can we get into your FRS? He we went, sure, why not? So, yeah, so that was the way we ended the day, which is good. Thank you again, sir. But, but he has been helping us for a while, and and rolling with our sometimes insanity. Mm-hmm. Because what happens yes. is, being the two minds that we are, one of us will be like, I love that. The other one goes, yeah, I don't like anything about that at all. So then we <laughs> you go You mean back. we disagree on things? Yeah, I know. Is so then we go back around the circle. And then we actually presented a bunch of versions that were, none were final, a bunch of versions. We presented four versions to all of our patrons, right? which right. is essentially our focus group, about 100 people, to just get people's commentary on that. And that was actually helpful in making us refine where we wound up. So thank you to all of you that are patrons. A lot's going on. <laughs> Speaking
1: of things going on, switching gears here to the pilgrimage adventure for oh, 2017. Yeah. Guys, this is coming, and it's coming fast. Todd and I are starting to get ready for this, mm-hmm. very much so. Mm-hmm. But the big headline here is that you've got a week to get in on the early bird deal. Go That's to everydaydriver.com slash adventures, and you're going to see the dates. That's September 3rd through the 7th, 2017. Yeah. And all inclusive. So this price right here, and that's really because our costs are going to be going up just as we get closer to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. being able to reserve cars. Speaking of which, you can reserve specific cars.
0: Yeah, the way the, which is we're taking orders right now. Yeah, the way the trip works is if you've seen our pilgrimage film, we drove the uh, Magon, fantastic car, surprisingly yes. fantastic car yes. in the ring, and we drove the M235 on Spa. Now, our friends RSR that are our partners for this, they have tons of both those cars. If you go to the trip for the price you see on the website, you will get in those cars exactly like the trip that we took for our film. Plus, you get to do a road tour day, which is really fun. So that's the standard stuff. But this year we're adding a twist, and that is there are upgrades available to cars. And some of the people that have signed up for this year, we've got a little more than a half full trip. Some of the people that have signed up have signed up for upgrades. The thing about the upgrades is RSR doesn't keep dozens of all the other cars in their fleet. They keep dozens of the BMW and the Bugatti, Right, right, of so, the, uh, the bread-and-butter cars, so, so the, if you will. But those those standard cars, you can absolutely get in. So the upgrades are starting to, like, in fact, the their uh, Focus RS is just being spoken for as of this evening. Mm-hmm. Somebody else yeah. actually could get in with that person. Long Long story. But anyway, the point is, not only should you sign up while you still get the early bird rate, but also to try to, if you want to upgrade your car, to get a specific car. That window is closing, too. And we're sharing this just because this is what we're having to navigate for the people that are going. We're incredibly excited. We'd love to have you with us. And that's this year's trip, but we're hoping to make it an annual thing, too. That's right. And you're invited, absolutely. If you're
1: thinking about going, a lot of you said last year, ooh, I'm thinking about going. Got to talk to my wife or my significant other, and I'll try to make it work. This is your year. Yeah, exactly. We are ready and willing for you to come. It's just over half full right now, and we're looking to to fill the trip. We hope you can go with us. So, again, the Adventures tab at EverydayDriver.com, and that is full track day on Spa full track day on the Nordschleife, the Nürburgring, yes, yes. and a road tour in between with and everything else all-inclusive. You've just got to additionally get yourself
0: there. So wherever we, you are on the planet, yep. you've got to get your body there. You arrive in and Frankfurt, then and then it's taken take over. care of, which is awesome. That's is right. awesome. We have two really cool car debates coming up this evening. We have uh, one coming to us from Matthew and the other one coming to us from Ray. And the reason I say they're coming to us from those people is because they're not for either one of them. This is great. Kind of a really human interest story for both these guys. In both cases, they're writing in on behalf of others in their Mm -hmm. life, which is really cool. So we're definitely going to get to both of those. Lots of questions on all of the social media platforms. Thank you for those. I also have to say thanks for the cool comments you're giving us on Episode 8. That's the GLA, Macan and... uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee that dropped today. That's Thank right. you for for watching right. that. If you hadn't seen it on Velocity already, but before we get to all of that, yes, we should talk about the question on our minds and yours, and that is the BMW news. Yes, you've probably come
1: across this. It's about BMW's decision for their manual transmission in the two series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they're about to go away from the manual transmission. And I get that this is a business decision. Yeah, I understand this, but I feel like BMW is one of the last holdouts for enthusiast sports cars, sure, in which sure. we can recommend mm-hmm. get a manual transmission, yeah, where you've yeah. really genuinely got the option. And this is depressing news. As a matter of fact, it caused me to call the dealership in Idaho oh, okay. that has my $1,000. It's been 16 months at this point Ridiculous. for quick M2 update here. Of course, the sales manager is not available and out of town or something. And I said, mm-hmm. I'd like to have him call me back because i'm going to do something different i'm going to take my money to a different dealership and see if we can do something and yeah, get it this year i think that'd be great and it struck me with this news does that cover m cars the mm, article here doesn't say specifically if it's m cars covered too. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. might still be different and they might be cleared they might yeah. be kind of off the hook but if that's not the case M2s suddenly have skyrocketed in value among enthusiasts interesting because point. of the manual transmission. It'll
0: be the last of a breed. Yeah, which that's Which makes a good me point. want
1: to go get the M2 even more now. That's interesting. Hadn't Isn't that crazy? That. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. But it, it's not clear whether yeah, that, that it, it covers M2. It just says 2 series, and I'm thinking, you know, the 240i, the 235i yeah, that yeah, we yeah. love, the base models, all mm-hmm. those... The base models are so important to have the manual transmission because yeah. it means you can get into the car sure.
0: and have this enthusiasm.
1: Yeah. Otherwise, we're limited to very few Japanese models, and yeah, yeah. that's about it. True. Mercedes offers. It's getting us harder and harder, you're right. You know, and then Porsches are far out of the price range of you the Volkswagens. Volkswagen. That's used. kind of
0: the other one that's that's hanging in there. I mean, you're right. I mean Volkswagen Welcome the, to Ford's the and Ford's, Volkswagens. Yeah, just about. <laughs> right? You're absolutely right. Which is weird. I mean a couple things on this, just thinking about it kind of in general. We will probably still recommend the two series. Obviously, used manuals will be out there. Oh sure. Uh, I think it's interesting. Two couple things. Will that things make the price this. go up though? I don't know. Remains to be seen among know. enthusiasts. Let's be honest. So. There's not that many enthusiasts, but but well, maybe maybe some. I mean, they'll be maybe but, in high demand. But we have said before that the 228i with the ZF 8-speed is actually still really great. We've done that oh, on the actually, track. We actually excellent. are very impressed Absolutely. with it. So it's not like it becomes a bad car to drive. You just lose that extra point of engagement, which is a bummer. But, of course, we're seeing this across all manufacturers. Yeah. But I have a couple of other things about this that strike me. One remember the, the news a few weeks back where BMW said their next automatic will not be a DCT they don't think it's worth it you're right so we I had did that, cross that we had that news about transmissions and now this news but the thing about this news that I'm curious about is <laughs> who's steering the bus here who's yeah. who's driving off, the ship at BMW off a cliff no but but here's <laughs> but here's the question I have a genuine question I have. The the reason being listed here is not lack of sales interest, which is what normally manufacturers say for here's why that name was they, they gauge dying. that based There's, on sales interest. Well, yeah, like like the reason Ferrari right. did it is it was less than two percent of their models. I get that. I I'm not an accountant. I right. hate the business decision, but if it's less than two percent, you let that two percent die. I get it. Whatever yeah. we're talking yeah. about. But the thing in BMW's situation is not lack of interest. They want to put the money toward R and D for electric cars. Now here's my question. <laughs> How much is it costing you to make this manual?
1: Right. because Especially I think because about, they're supplied by a lot of great
0: manufacturers. Yeah, I, I can't think that. They don't even have to develop them. What kind of line item savings is that? That can't be huge. I also think about the fact that, that Porsche, for example, they had a... I'm going to come back to this for one of your questions later, but uh, the 911 up in the mid-'80s got what's called the G50 transmission, right. which everybody right. loved. It was a nice upgrade in 911s. So I'm going off into the weeds. And I'm not even the Porsche guy, and I'm off hey, into the weeds. Hey. But... That transmission lasted for three generations of the car. Yeah. Yep. So my question is, all all of the I would think the real cost of making the transmission for the for the two series has been done. How much is it costing? How much are you saving to kill this transmission? That's the part I don't understand. I mean, a
1: lot of it comes down to gearing to support specific engines. But on the other hand, with the 2 Series, those engines have been defined. Everything's been done. We know what, what we're going to get as yeah. far as, you know, they're matching the power output, you know, at specific ratios and then deciding on what transmission is best. So with Porsche's case, the engine displacement changed. Power did increase over the years. But you could still extract the best performance with the same transmission in those three decades that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But with turbo engines. But on the other hand, they've got it sorted. It's done. We're not going to be seeing, you know, electric two series, are we? Unless that's what they're saying. I wouldn't be surprised, but but we'll see. What non-enthusiast is driving the ship here? I mean, (laughs) is it just we've taken over, the bean counters have taken over, and the accountants win? Yeah. I mean, you'd think that BMW, and they're far smaller than Mercedes, it seems crazy. But BMW, as a company in comparison, is tiny in compared Mm -hmm. to Mercedes and Daimler. So, you know, you think, okay,
0: enthusiast brand. This is what they've built their company on. That is their their impression for sure. Yeah. And, you know, well and they're Mercedes also offered to us. Yeah. They're also saying in the news that they will have an all electric three series to launch somewhere around the end of the year to compete with the Tesla Model Three. That's an interesting twist as mm-hmm. well. Because when yeah. they did that hybrid plug in three series, it was kind of a stopgap, not the greatest idea ever. This is supposed to be the All Electric Three. So BMW's three and Tesla's three, that will be interesting.
1: (laughs) Let the lawyers have at it over the uh, the IP naming convention there, right?
0: Yeah, in a big way. Before we go on, I want to talk about Auto Tempest. They're our new sponsor on the show because they provide that service you and I do. We're always looking up cars online. You can go to autotempest.com, and you can type in your search term once, and it searches all the big names and some of the little ones. So you go there, Autotempest. that is T-E-M-P-E-S-T, like a storm, autotempest.com. And if you aren't looking for a car right now, you can do it for fun, or you can do it and then give them feedback on how the website works. They want that as well, which is really cool.
1: All right. Well, let's jump to the car debates here. We've got Matthew with uh, the debate for three people here. Yeah. This one, as he says in the top of the email, has its intricacies. And it keeps – as the email goes on, it keeps growing. It's like, oh, by the way, this person too. It does. I think this is the most complex single debate that we've tackled I so right. far in terms of people and people trying to please and, people. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. usually we just have to please one person. You're getting a car, maybe two, you and your wife, or well, your usually, wife and you. I just have to please the person writing in. Right. We're we're like six <laughs> degrees of separation in this email, Matthew. You're saying Kevin Bacon's in here somewhere? Is that maybe, what you're saying? Maybe, maybe. All right, so this debate is for Matthew's girlfriend's. Father and brother. Uh-huh. The father and brother are Ed and Spencer. Hi, Ed and Spencer. Yes, yes. I know yes, you're yes. listening to podcasts now. Yeah, seriously. So the situation is the car needs to be the family car now, then migrates to the car that Spencer learns to drive in, mm-hmm. and then migrates forward to the car that Spencer will have in his college years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no pressure. And by the way, I'm going to just bring up the landmine here real quickly, Matthew. What are you doing advising your girlfriend's father and brother? Quite the relationship I mean, there. I hope you guys are rock solid and in it for the long haul, because the last thing you want is six months from now when your girlfriend and her father are in a fight about, remember that guy you dated and that car he recommended that I now hate? So there's a landmine in here. You are, you are being bold, sir. You're well, being
1: bold. The, the things are already intertwined because his girlfriend drives a Kia Soul, <coughs> You're welcome. No, I, I'm glad that you had an open mind about the Soul. He, Matthew doesn't prefer it, which is fine. He'll, he's going to stay with his Honda Civic from
0: 1996. <laughs> Soon you will be writing to us to replace that I car, Matthew. Happened. But he but he has said that that he kind of looked at the Soul again with fresh eyes because you go on and hey, on about it, Paul. I'm all about it. I know you have got to drive it and like I, you drive a Prius. Just I don't necessarily get it, but foot okay. Flat to
1: the floor and modulate your speed with a brake, yeah. and then they're fast. Interesting. All right. So their current garage is influenced about where they've lived in the past, specifically Minnesota and Austin, mm-hmm. Texas, mm-hmm. which where they own the Cadillac Escalade
0: and the Chevy Avalanche. <laughs> Escalade. Uh. Yeah. But and we have the chance to get out of big old trucks now. Yes. That's the cool thing. I mean, Ed yes. at one point had a BMW Z4. But that's gone now. Which is the interesting, fun car. Yes. Right. So hopefully, here's what, we're tra- here's what we're trying to do. Here's what we're trying to do. And it is it is a big wall to get over here. <laughs> you know, you see the obstacle horses. They have the wall that take, like, three people to get <laughs> right. over. That's kind of what we're dealing with And there's only two of us. Uh, so we have, we'd have. we like to get Ed back into something kind of fun. He's remembering that Z4 fondly. Mm-hmm. But we can't yes. go that Dedicated sports car We've got because three people to please. it's got to work for Spencer. The third person is of course Ed's wife, Spencer's mom, right. who's concerned about my son and the new car he's going to drive. It has to be safe, so we're not doing small <laughs> sports cars. The recommendations we do for sixteen-year-olds in Miatas not going to fly here. <laughs> so we have to get something, and then of course it gets more complex because a grand total of price is probably twenty-five grand. This car does have to last all the way into college for Spencer. And he just kind of throws out a little thing here and says, um, yeah, he uh, he doesn't want uh, the styling of a Honda Accord or a Civic. He also is not fond of Subarus, styling-wise. Right. And he doesn't want a hatch. My head is spinning. Make it hard, why don't you? Oh, and
1: they're small. So the family ranges in height but that, from four foot eleven to five foot five. But that helps us. That, that actually, actually helps us. actually does kind of help us, but... It is another parameter another in factor there to, as well. to right. think about. And so, yes, safety, because Ed's wife's parameters is that they've lost an uncomfortable amount of lives, unfortunately, to automotive accidents. Mm. We are sorry to hear that. So, yes, safety is paramount here. Now, Spencer likes the Mazda 6.0. They like BMW, they like Lexus. Mm-hmm. Ed is currently
0: driving that avalanche, which you have hooned around California. I have like hooned an avalanche. avalanche. I, have, I have done things in an avalanche you know that were never about. intended, yes. <laughs> yeah, or Let me put it another way. I've driven an avalanche in a way that my father never imagined possible. That's the better way right. to put it. That's the much better way to put it. <laughs> right. Okay, so
1: he's uh, Ed has missed the Z4, misses the driving manual transmission, but it's out of the equation here because Spencer doesn't want that. He wants sedan, mm-hmm. as you said. Automatic transmission. Yep. And gosh, no Hondas, no Subarus. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So the list here that Matthew has introduced them to so far is Volvo, the S60 is on there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mazda Speed Six, BMW 328, and the Acura TL. Mm-hmm. So this is the initial starting list. That of was things his that, kind of hey guys, let's talk you know, list. Got an yeah. interest here. Yeah. So now we need to jump off from here. And approve of some of these choices, or maybe not, and offer some extra My thoughts here. My head hurts. <laughs> I,
0: I, I I may be co-hosting this podcast right now, but a part of me wants to rewind it and re-listen to this so I make sure I get the parameters <laughs> right. Thank God I've got the email in front of me. You know, I want to say something up front here about these. I, look, I really like the Mazda Speed 6, but that's a manual transmission, and it's an older yes, car. Yes, yes. I think it's out. Older car. I think it's just it was just right, right, right out on the, the cusp. Door. It's 0506 in there. Yeah, and and yeah. it's manual and I look, I'm a big fan. I think it's I think it's gone. I hate to say it, but I think it's gone. The TL I love is the 03 to 08. That's getting a little old in safety as well. The newer TL is the one with the weird chrome beak on it. Right. Still surprisingly good dynamically, but it has the chrome beak. So if it's Spencer like that, great yeah. if they don't. I mean, that is one of those cars that, unfortunately, that styling is so polarizing, it could be a deal killer right away. Dynamically, it's pretty good. We have to throw the TSX in there, though. TSX is interesting. Because it's better looking. On the Civic,
1: in the Europe world.
0: The the Accord,
1: right? The, uh, the uh, You're TSX. thinking the ILX. The ILX I'm thinking the ILX. CF. You're right. You're the right. TSX is the Accord. TSX is a little bit bigger. And, uh, and it's right. better looking.
0: And it's pretty good dynamically. So I think that has to be in there as well if you're thinking Acura. I mean, yeah.
1: I'm uh, thinking of a few extra cars here, and I want to start out and work my way up to this. I started out with a VW CC. I feel like I don't talk about this car Mm. enough. The CC is interesting. I bet you can find them for that price range all day long. I didn't really shop for them, but it's a bit of a more luxury car. I know it's going to be very safe. It's more substantial car. Now, also keep in mind with any of these choices that our enthusiast focus here sure. is going to have to be lessened. Sure. I feel like we're sure. not going to be in the hardcore, the hot Focus no, RSs no, no, and no. the GTIs and the real well, fun Plus, so those stuff. are hatches, which he doesn't want. But they're yeah. hatches. We can't consider them anyway. But I, I like where you started, Matthew. But just keep in mind, we've got three people to please. Mm-hmm, and they are mm-hmm. all got different driving styles, of course. Yep, yep. So we're not going to be – I'm not going to be at the top of the, hey, you want to do canyon running in this, right? We're going to go to the track in this. Sure, yeah. That's not going to be my requirements. I'm thinking of everybody here. Mm -hmm. And so, again, keep that in mind as I suggest these. That CC led me to the 2014 Audi A4. Okay?
0: Sure. You can't go wrong
1: with an A4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just can't. That – I think is going to extract a, a driving style. I think Ed can really learn to like that car. Mm-hmm. I think his mm-hmm. wife will be fine in it. And Spencer, I'm also thinking about insurance. As you mm-hmm. become a new yeah. driver yeah. and take it to college, who knows where you're going to be able to park it at college. That also led me to a third. And then I have a very strange wild card for this family. I have an oddball wild card as well, but keep going. 2015 Infinity Q40 sedan, hmm. formerly the G37. Sure, the naming convention sure. changed yeah. right around 2013-2014. They just lost their there. minds,
0: sort started throwing letters and numbers at their cars, yes. yeah.
1: <laughs> What's in this alphabet soup? All right, so that Q40 sedan, I found one with 19,000 miles. Hmm. Keep in mind this is a 2015 car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, it does list for 25,995, so 26 grand, but I figure I always look in that price range cuz you can talk them down to 25. Yeah, hopefully. That's yeah. my thought. I think this would be a solid choice for everyone. Everyone will fit. It's still engaging to drive. We like it. Of course, it's not the enthusiast hotness of some of the cars we've driven. But I'm also thinking in terms of reliability and insurance for Mm. all three drivers Mm. here. Because if I suggest my next one, which is the Mustang. Oh (laughs) I'm concerned because you could get a Mustang GT with an automatic.
0: It's been called.
1: You can get an EcoBoost with the automatic, which would keep the price down. It would keep the, the probably keep the insurance down, down, down too. Yeah, because as it's been dubbed, the automatic we can all learn to live with, or we can at least like a little bit. Yeah. So that's a consideration. Sure. But again, sure. I'm thinking it's probably immediately out the window. But I have to say, Mustang because Mustang. I mean, this yeah. could be fun and interesting okay. for everybody. But again, insurance for somebody off of college. New driver, no, sure. okay. They're going to see Mustang and just immediately jack up your rates. Yeah, that may be a problem. Interesting. We'll see. So I that's like where I'm list. at. I like your list. Mustang's the wild card way out there, but I'm I'm kind of back to this Infinity thing. I,
0: I've I've touched on none of those. Really? Yeah. Oh, none that's of great. Those. Well, that's why we've got I, both of us it, here. There you go. I, I actually did like this Volvo S60 idea. I think that's pretty solid. Yes, you could get. You mentioned a BMW uh, 328. Uh, also, Matthew. Maybe. Um, I think these are options. Yeah. But uh, but I went other places as well, and that is you mentioned the Mazda Speed Six. I think that's out. But what about the current Mazda Six, the actual Mazda Six? It's a gorgeous car. It's a gorgeous car. It really it's, is. It's a good car dynamically, and that's that really class. grown on me too. So I think that would be an interesting car to discuss. I'll, I'll be honest. I feel like that's more more a car that you see Ed driving than you see Spencer driving. I don't know if that's a college sure, kid's car, sure. but it's a great looking car and it's a good car in the class. And when you go to college, Spencer, that has a trunk that will cover your entire dorm room. The first time opened the trunk true. of that car was like, where does it end? So it's it's great in that regard. So I think that's an option. I think you but, get a mulligan. Anybody who goes to college and whatever
1: car you're driving, I think no, you're you just right. get a mulligan. No, you're right. You get because congratulations you have a car. Welcome to college, huge. here's your car, done. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. But I also think, if I'm going to think along the lines of Spencer's driving this, and it needs to be fun, I want to go smaller, so I go Mazda 3. Okay, I like. Also available in sedan. I like. If that is the car. We bring it up a lot, but it's the car because, honestly, in that class, dynamically, it's great, and it generally, styling-wise, most people like it. I kind of prefer it in the hatch, but I think it's still good-looking in the sedan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is. And it's smaller and good to drive, so Mazda 3 as well. I initially thought, well, okay, fun for dad, fun for Spencer, nice place to be. My brain goes GTI, but we don't want hatches. But what about the GLI, the Jetta hotness oh. with the DSG? There's a Wolfberg's edition. That's My interesting. A friend of mine had one of those, loved it. You can get it with the DSG. It's, it's the GTI in sedan form. Huh. Good so call. So I, I, I actually like that one a lot. That's intriguing. You get a used one of that Volkswagen GLI, it's going to feel like a genuinely nice place to be. But mm. it is a small package. It's chuckable. It's a GTI without a hatch. DSG a good point. is good. A very so good point. I think that's a real contender here. Is the a GLI, and I don't know if I've recommended that car before, but I think it. I think, I think it fits it's here. first for that car. And then I have honest. a wild card. Okay, and it's a wild card because, well, for lots of reasons. But I just started thinking about all these pieces, and I thought this is a car. I'm. Either, I'm going to say it. And you're going to look it up. You're just gonna either going to go nope, no way, or you're going to go huh? Hyundai Veloster. Veloster for all three of them. What's well, got three doors? But but seriously, <laughs> but seriously, they're not going to be <laughs> that. <laughs> Everybody fighting over the car. Who gets to drive? But here's the thing: that is a car that when we first mm. drove it, it was so much more fun than we expected. It has quirky, weird styling. Yes, it's got the three doors. We had the manual, didn't we? I, we did have a manual transmission. I don't remember. That was with the honest. Civic. I don't. We yes, had with I Civic. Wouldn't. It had it with the, That was the weird thing. We had it with, and it was a couple generations back, we had it with I the Civic remember. Si. We preferred driving the Veloster, base Veloster, to the Civic Si. We didn't have the turbo Veloster. That's that was right. one of the weirdest shoot days ever because we were making two individual pieces. We weren't making a comparo, and yet we kept going, I want to be in the Veloster, which was weird. It was, a, was a, a fun car. Here was a Civic yeah. Si. Now, that was not the best of the Civic Si's, which is part of the problem, but that Veloster is kind of an unsung hero, honestly. It's a surprisingly fun car. So you're going to look at it, you're either going to know right away that's an option or not but i think if you like it at all it's cool because i mean you know it's a fun car to chuck around i think spencer would enjoy driving it why not really cool before we move on to the next car debate i wanted to talk about our sponsor amsoil you know we're kind of diy guys we highly recommend you do good oil changes with the right oil that's what amsoil is great for right right so they have all kinds of oil for whatever your car is even porsche oil they have that as well AMSOIL does 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than the industry standard test, which is pretty cool. AMSOIL.com slash driver is the place to go. It's a landing page. You can look up your car, support the show, support them. All right. Well, moving on to the next car debate here from Ray.
1: This is interesting, guys. Check this out. (laughs) He wrote to us, I think, the moment he got off the phone with his dad because he found out his dad is looking for a new car. And this, again, this is for Ray's dad. But mm-hmm. I kind of feel
0: like Ray is um, wanting to drive this car, too. Well, he is. I mean, he can. Ray's one of our patrons, and he's, That's he's right. dug in with us a little bit, and we appreciate it. So, hey, Ray, it's good to hear from you. And uh, But it's interesting, because Ray's here in the U.S., and his dad is in Taiwan,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and dad's buying a new car. <laughs> and he comes cool. to Ray and says, I'm thinking about getting the Mini 1, which is the three-cylinder, really no-punch-at-all Mini. It's just kind of the standard Mini. And Ray, the car enthusiast, went, Dad, please, no. Because he found out that for the money that his dad has, he could do better than the Mini, and he also finds that the Mini is like massively overpriced in that market. So he's trying everything he can to get his dad into a fun car and away from a three-cylinder Mini. That's the beginning of this problem. So get this.
1: This Mini, if you're curious, costs... 1.1 million new Taiwanese dollars. Which equates, thank you, Ray, for doing the conversion for us. Please. We it's really appreciate it. about 37000 US dollars. Which seems, its a ton for that car. That's a lot of money for a base car
0: that's three mm-hmm. cylinders, 102 brake horsepower, base mini. Yeah.
1: 37 grand. I mean, I
0: understand that part of the world, they do a lot of taxes. Cars are much more expensive. I get it. But even wow. in that market, that's that feels like robbery for that car. <laughs> no
1: kidding. All right. So Ray's into cars, of course. And he's been doing some research, which he sends to us here. First of all, starting with the ND Miata, so the latest generation Miata with the North American Grand Touring interior is $1.3 million
0: NTD, so that's $43,000. Holy moly. But, but I want to stop you there for a second. Oh, oh my look, gosh. Look, I understand it's going to be more expensive, but I want to stop you there for a second. We're talking about, this is where, where Ray comes at this. We're talking about a 100-horsepower three-cylinder Mini, let's just use U.S. dollars for a second, for only $6,000 less than, than a Miata. <laughs> Yes, hello. The new let's one, go find the Miata. New. That's, I mean, that's insane.
1: He also mentions the RF Miata, which we recently drove. Mm-hmm. That will be on season two. The RF is forty-nine
0: thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah.
1: You know what you could get in the U.S. for 50 grand? Yeah, but we got to throw that Lots out. I'm of thinking choice. about it
0: comparative to what's in this market, and I'm realizing why Ray's saying, please, Dad, no Mini. Yeah. All right, so he's also considering a BRZ, $43,000
1: U.S., and the 86 is slightly cheaper, back down to 37 again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then, finally, the automatic Mini Cooper with the 1.6 liter
0: inline four. That's $46,000. Well, okay, I'm going I'm to hit Yikes. it again. I hate to be that guy, but the 86... As underpowered and quote unquote slow and unfun as that car gets ruled to be, is the same price as a hundred horsepower three-cylinder Mini? Yeah, not the, the eighty-six okay. may as well be an F1 car in that scenario. So, if you guys were curious, his dad has set the budget right at about fifty thousand
1: U.S. dollars. Okay, and Ray tells us that his dad's been getting into riding cruisers on the weekend. Has never actually owned a fun, fo- focused car yeah, in his yeah, life yeah. here. He's currently driving an automatic 2011 Mazda 3 hatchback. He's previously owned a Toyota Wish, which is a minivan, Mm -hmm. a Ford Activa, which is a rebadged Mazda Protégé, and an old Opel sedan. But the only manual transmission that he's ever owned was an Acura Integra that he had for about a year when he was a student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he's... Gotta Jones in again for something fun here. Yeah, yeah. And he's looking around, and I love, Ray, that you call your dad a legitimate concern here for a (laughs) 52-year-old (laughs) man-child.
0: He says he he needs to have a car that's easy to get in and out of. It can't be, let's be honest, it can't be a Lotus Elise where welcome to one foot of of door panel to get through. Yeah, it's not not that kind of thing. And, And honestly, what Ray's done here is really pushed his dad toward things he thinks will be great. He even made a comment where he said, why on earth is the EcoBoost Mustang Roughly the equivalent of $60,000 over there and way above his dad's budget. I love the fact that the 86s and the Miatas are available here. Um, Yeah. And and I I think, honestly, I think you found your dad's car. I think the Miata is the answer here. I really do. Well, keep in mind here that
1: Ray is saying that it doesn't look like you can get the manual transmission in that Miata. Yeah. Uh, So... We've got to take that in consideration. And I know you love the 86 and the BRZ. And yeah. that's kind of why I thought you were going to be leaning towards this. He's also saying that, you know, Taiwan is not very large. And so the road mm-hmm. trips are not going to exceed about four hours. Yeah. And we've talked about that car in terms of just ride comfort, cruising along. If you're not doing any fun True. driving, True. what's yeah. it like? I don't think you and I, I mean, I know you commute in yours, but yeah. it, it's, you want to be elsewhere. You want to be on a canyon road
0: in that car. Well, that's where that car is great. I mean, I, honestly. If your dad's getting back, I mean, obviously, I own an FRS. It is still for sale, by the way. I own an FRS, and I do really love it. And there's a part of me that's having that thing where when the person calls me that's going to buy it, I keep kind of going, that's going to be sad because it is a really fun car and I like it. However, your dad's getting back into fun cars, or actually for the first time, kind of really embracing fun cars. Right. right. Since that Integra, which I'm sure was genuinely fun to drive, he hasn't touched anything like this. I think that the 86 is a bit of a bridge too far. How come? I'm curious. Well, it is. Let's be honest. The more focused sports car than the MX-5 as far right. as stock configuration. Right. Okay. Let's also be honest. The average person that buys an MX-5 is older. Okay. Which is why new ones, they are. Saying. Yeah. Which is why they are softly sprung. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. These are not in in stock form, brand new. The people that are buying them to hoon them are buying them and then treating them like Legos and changing out parts. But the people that just buy them to just sure. drive them, sure. generally that is older people. Yeah. It just is. Yep. Okay, It's people that are 50 and up is kind of the market segment for that. The people that Which are is 50, interesting to me, by the yeah, way. I agree with you. People I'm that are 50 really and down that buy them are this. treating them as track cars and changing parts out right. or buying a used one and turning it into a caged monster. For two grand. It's very but, interesting yeah. to me to watch that dichotomy. But I think your dad, I, I think the, the MX-5, you made a comment in here where you think, Ray, that your dad wouldn't mind the fact that it's more softly sprung. I agree with you. I think it is the more accessible car for your dad. And I hear you, Ray, that you want him in a manual, and I say, who cares? Mm-hmm. Honestly, I love manuals. I think in this case, who cares? We drove an MX-5 recently with the automatic, as automatics go, excellent. Yes, it's an automatic. It's not a dual yeah, clutch, yeah. but it's solid. That car is going to be it's going to be something he can take your mom out in. He can cruise and, and not hoon it and just enjoy it. Sure. Or he could get decide he's obsessed with hard driving and the MX-5 will still come to play. I
1: think that is your answer. I'm kind of with you. Well, I am with you. Because of your description here, Ray, that you said when your dad sat in a brand new one in the showroom, he and he loved how it looked. I think that if you tried to push him away from falling in love with a car, that's going to be the wrong choice. Mm. If he's already digging it, I say let's push him towards that car Mm -hmm. because, I mean, I think you're right. As much as I want him to have a manual transmission and get back to that, I think that's going to be less important over time, over the length of the ownership of this car. And it's going to be about having the convertible and the fun accessibility of it. And it's mm-hmm. he loves how it looks. And it's just fun to drive. Whether yeah. you're cruising, yeah. hooning, canyons, whatever you're doing, it is just fun to drive. Yeah. And the, the automatic is viable. Well, it I, is.
0: I love that you said accessible because I think that's the key thing. There's another part of me that goes, if you have not driven a manual in years, there is a part of you that's going to be not apprehensive, but just be like, that's an extra thing to overcome to go drive your car. Sure, you, sure. You, have I gotten good? I, I, I'm not as comfortable as I want to be. I, maybe you want to get out there and really learn, or maybe you just want to get in your car and drive. And I want, I want your dad to have a car, Ray, that he just he's excited by it. And as Paul said, he's already excited by it. So get it in the automatic, and just go out and enjoy it, and realize yeah. how fun yeah. cars can be and how fun that car is. I think it's it's one and done there. I really do. I hope you send us photos. I mean,
1: I love that you're saying you're fans of BMW. And I was thinking about two series in here. But if you're already loving the Miata, I think it's the car.
0: Well, and he has a Mazda already that he's liked and has been reliable. That's true. I mean, we're, That's true. We're, we're kind of easily walking our way there because I do think it's a great match. And I think you're advising your father well, Ray. And I would just say to you, enthusiast to enthusiast, let him get the auto. The auto's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get that you lose that extra layer. But I don't think... Let me put it this way. I think it's unlikely he would wind up with an automatic ND Miata and regret that he has an automatic car. I think he just enjoy that car. I, I really do. A quick
1: pause to talk about one of our sponsors, Covercraft. If you have a car, you need to know about these guys. They produce car covers, seat covers, dash covers, sunscreens, These are fantastic for keeping your interior cool, keeping the sun out of your interior. You've made me a believer. It really is. And floor mats. They even have canine covers. They've got accessories, even for power sports. A lot of stuff. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code DEBATE for free shipping in the U.S. All right. Well, questions have poured in from social media once again. Thank you, guys. We're switching gears once again up to uh, so many questions. And I've got to start out with, on Instagram, our friend Mystic Negro. (laughs) you've really thought hard about this question, and Uh I laughed and laughed. I have to answer your question, of course. Uh So here it is. He writes, Paul, after hooning around in Todd's new white Julia... Because he asked me that uh, assassin question last time. That's right. evil villain question, (laughs) yeah. I return home to find that my Porsche and all my related Porsche knickknacks and cologne are gone. What's worse is a family of professional wrestlers, both (laughs) men and women... (laughs) three generations deep have been hired to follow me around Todd's laughing uncontrollably.
0: It's so ridiculous. All right, I'm back. I'm
1: back. I'm good now. Uh, I'm a professional. All right, so the professional wrestlers, men and women, three generations deep have been hired to follow me around every time I look longingly at a Porsche product, they deliver a savage backhand across my face twice as if that's if it's that silly Porsche designed phone, but I love the phone. Of course you do. So, what brand of car or watch do I turn to to fill the vaguely Volkswagen
0: Beetle-shaped hole in my soul? I love this question so much. Wow, and it's detailed. You took some time, my friend. Thank you. I, I just, I thought the question for me was quite absurd. You have upped, (laughs) upped the ante here. This is a serious bar. So that means Porsches exist, and I can't look at them because I'll get smacked upside the head. Yep. By three generations male, of wrestlers. Male and female wrestlers. That's what I find hysterical. It's multiple generations. <laughs> it's not just wrestlers. It's generations of wrestlers. Generations. I just have to stand there like a wedding receiving line and yep. get Take smacked. Your Take your beating. Take your beating. Okay, this is so out of Oh Louise. my gosh. Okay. Is I am, there an uh, answer here? There's an answer. I'm happily driving around in my white Alfa Romeo Giulia Quadrifoglio, by the way. I've never been happier <laughs> now that I've heard this scenario.
1: Well, here's the deal. Porsche's not necessarily new but certainly used are accessible to a lot of people in terms of price which means i can't go out and pick aston martin or mclaren because they're just not accessible as a comparative interesting used okay car. i see where you're going yeah so with as much chagrin as i can muster and deep shame i'm choosing lotus you're kidding i'm not it's accessible at a good price point yeah that's yeah. my thought. Is if I chose, you know, some supercar brand, even though Porsche does compete at that level. Sure, sure. We recommend use Caymans at twenty six thousand dollars or eighteen thousand dollars you're getting all the, beat the down. time. Yeah, I get it. And I'm getting smacked every time I look at them drive by, by three generations. <laughs>
0: no, I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> three generations of professional wrestlers. <laughs> I don't, it, it, Does that exist? By the way, are there generations? Anyway, moving on. Maybe the Gracie family, but they're not really wrestlers
1: anyway yeah I'm going to have to choose Lotus. I cannot think of... I'm quite fascinated. I, I really am. It's, it's the handling. It's the look, definitely. I mean, I could go BMW, maybe, but that might be a foregone conclusion because it's another German
0: car. They I kind were both of expected up there. you'd go with BMW, actually, because they're, they're of the product range and all the stuff yeah. they play with. Yeah. But
1: apparently they're yanking manuals out of their yeah. product lineup. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. What do we do? Mm-hmm. I mean, Lotus mm-hmm. is going to be built by the Chinese, and... Um, yeah, they'll continue as a car company. So that means they've got money and backing. And yeah. How about Lotus? Wow. Being a car what a guy. question. We've established what are, what did
0: this. What question. I love it,
1: though. I won't say car guy. I will say car enthusiast, men and women. Mm-hmm. That means you've got to be embracing what's wrong with your favorite car yeah. and what's yeah, right yeah, yeah. about cars that aren't your first choice. Sure, we sure. We talk about that all the time. That's and, key. And for us to choose other cars... Yeah. Keeps us as car enthusiasts, I feel like, and mm-hmm. being willing to admit that, you know, my Porsche doesn't have a backup cam and the horn yeah. is terrible yeah. and Seriously. other things that I should list. Yeah. But, you know, I I,
0: well, I love Lotus, too. When we started this show, one of the conversations you and I had originally was we kind of wanted to review cars. We don't always do this well, uh, especially with <laughs> Porsche. But, no, we're uh, three we, generations. But we, want, we wanted to review cars <laughs> as if there were no badges, yeah, that's, it's not about the history. It's not about you know. It's it, there's not all the baggage. Hopefully, it's just is this car more fun to drive than that one, right? You know, and, right. and I don't care what's what's it's supposed to be. What's the truth of it? And uh, that gets harder when you get into your Porsche love. And I find you doing the backstroke in the pool of Porsche. But it is it's an interesting question. Uh, speaking of odd questions, um, <laughs> Harry going to we'll be laughing about that. For Harry, a long time. yeah, seriously, Harry McGrimey asked this question on Instagram. He said. That we needed to do a my wife wants a Prius debate because he is having this discussion <laughs> with his wife right now. I'm sorry, Harry, because he's desperate to talk his wife into something else. Um, Harry, <laughs> yeah, this is one of those uh, landmines, room full of rakes moments. But here's my question for you, honest, my genuine question. Why does your wife want the Prius? And I'm not asking that sarcastically. Genuinely, what it is it about the Prius that she wants? Because it's the fair only question. way out of the Prius is to find what she's wanting a Prius for. And right. if it's, I just want great gas mileage, you do have a bit of a problem because it is the king in that. Now, you could talk Hyundai Ioniq, I think is what it's called. Sure. You could, I mean, you, you, but now we're, we're chasing cars entirely for gas mileage. But, but I submit to you and to your wife, hello, that, um, that gas mileage is not the end-all be-all that that get into a car that no. gets good gas mileage but he actually the seats are good and you enjoy and you like the look of it i i would i would be shocked if she wants a prius because i think it's great looking i doubt that's the reason okay <laughs> said nobody so, so find out find out what the reason is she wants the prius and then figure out what other car options that can meet that need and if we're getting within i'm going to say 10 15 miles per gallon of the prius i think those are viable if it's just, I want it something that gets 50 miles to the gallon, we do have a problem. We're almost into electric cars as the only options. And now we've got a totally different animal. we got a totally different problems.
1: No, I'm with you. I mean, I can't imagine anybody says, you know what? I love the interior. I love the quality of the interior. Yeah, fair, fair. I love how it looks. No, everybody's going for the gas mileage. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the reason. Yeah. But there are cars that get somewhat almost as good. I mean, yeah. there's cars They're out there close. with 40 miles to the gallon. They're close, yeah. As you mentioned. So... You know, are there things that you could consider about, you know what, honey, the interior is just, you know, you're going to want to live with this car. You're going to want comfort and, you know, some luxury and that kind yeah. of stuff. The Prius yeah. really isn't going to deliver, deliver in that area. Yeah. So let's consider some of these others. The electric car
0: is a different discussion. Completely. I mean, it changes but, the way you use a car. But, if, but, yeah. but on the other end of the spectrum, though, if we're talking about the way she uses her car is, you know, she does 30 miles in a day and that's it, then, you know, walk this way to the Chevy Bolt. Let's right. have a conversation about yeah. it. You know, go 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 to the Nissan Leaf for God's sakes. I don't like the Leaf very much. I would take a Leaf over a Prius. I'd take a Leaf over a Prius. So you know there are options in that regard if you wanted to yeah. go. Oh, by the way, if you are honestly not doing very many miles, I'll give you this one: talking electric cars. You know what are crazy cheap? BMW i threes. Talk about cars me. that have dropped through the floor. Now they have Leafs like, have yes but i3s as well. No kidding. You If, you, if you're if you in a situation where the amount of driving you're going to do in a day is less than 100 miles for sure, welcome to the BMW i3. They are cheap. No kidding. So it depends That'd on how she's going to use her car. And, and honestly, if you said to me, her typical day, she's never going to drive more than 50 miles. Right. And the choices were Prius or BMW i3, it's not a choice, my friend. It's BMW i3. So... It really is about what is she like and what's the usage. And I think there's a way out. But be careful. It is a room full of rakes and landmines. <laughs> this
1: ties into another question on Instagram from LV Meteorologist who gives us two options to live in the plains only with straight roads, <laughs> with a car of our dreams, or live near the canyons, the coastline, with only a Prius.
0: Okay. Which do we pick? I have hooned a Prius in the canyons. Yes, you have. I when we were in L.A. and we had a Prius got some squeak out of that. Didn't oh you? yes. Well, I had an S2000 behind me he and a 240Z behind that, and I didn't want to hold anybody up. <laughs> you guys were in the good cars. A uh, uh, giver you are. I didn't want to. I was. I was doing it for day you day guys. <laughs> guys. Yes, but but honestly, there is that thing about there is that thing about cars that are not intended to do that. When you do drive them hard, there is some joy in that. Now I will admit. It's Prius based, but there is some joy in that. I, I just love a good road. That's the thing about it for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I've got to live
1: in the canyons, mountains, coastlines, something mm-hmm. like that. I'm grinding my teeth. I'm grinding my canines down to sure. nubs by saying this, but I will take the Prius on a canyon over something.
0: Well, I think that about it st- straights. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pagani Waira. I've got a pagani Huayra for straight roads in Kansas. <laughs> and nothing hopefully, wrong with Kansas. Hopefully. We both have a well, you know, hey, background with Kansas. Tons tons of family in Kansas, but yep. this is what it's about. So this is the thing. It, you know, Yes, I'd get stopped at gas stations. Yes, I'd find roads in the middle of nowhere where I could figure out just how fast it went. Fun wheat blur. But, yeah. <laughs> what was that blur through the wheat? <laughs> that was not a tractor. Anyway. Oh, that was but, Todd again. Yeah. but, but and, and don't get me wrong. That would be fun. But all your corners are 90 degrees and, oh, look, yeah. I went over a set of ra- uh, railroad tracks. That's just... That's a bummer. That's a bummer. (laughs) That's just a bummer. I'm with you. We'd we'd have to lean on the
1: Prius for extracting some fun. Guarantee it wouldn't be 52 miles to the gallon, that's for
0: sure. (laughs) This would be the least efficient Prius (laughs) ever. Yeah, that's true. What else on here? Uh, Price Assassins wrote in on Twitter. I love some of these handles, by the way. He wrote in on Twitter and said, is it wrong of him? he owns a gtr and an s2000 is it wrong of him to say that he prefers driving the s2000 heck no i think it's interesting when we talk to owners of gtrs and we have conversations like this i I don't think there's a single thing wrong with this because what you're talking about here is and we've talked about it we've driven the gtr the gtr is honestly its reputation is well deserved it is a world beater absolutely bring out your challengers and watch it take them down you can no longer say it competes on price, because the price is shot up there. True, but but, it, but. it's just bring your challengers. I mean, oh, you've yeah. seen the ones, the ridiculous 2,000 horsepower ones that kill everything on the drag strip. You've seen the ones that kill everything in the time attack. I mean, we have our friend Cole that lives here in Utah that went on our uh, pilgrimage trip last year. That's right. He has the fastest GTR in the world, and he's doing Pike's Peak this week. Yep, he's I mean, Life Motorsports, L-Y-F-E, yeah.
1: Life Motorsports.
0: Incredible driver, and 1,600 horsepower, world-beating GTR. Incredible it's cars. It's incredible. Incredible cars but they are cars that you have to be up at that upper level when they are beating everything before you i kind of feel like feel the magic of them yeah otherwise they kind of keep you a little bit at arm's length from the driving experience because they're doing so much wonderful magic Mm -hmm. the s2000 is the other end of the spectrum you take that on a back road you drop the top you take someone special with you or not you work that the <laughs> awesome six-speed in that car, and it's just it's involving, it's engaging, it it speaks to you, and it also I hate to say it this way, it requires you to be there. Absolutely. The GTR yeah. is kind of like strap in, I got this. Right, right. No,
1: I love that you're writing into us, admitting that, and saying I love the S2K more for those reasons. It's rewarding, it's fascinating though, isn't it? I think it's great, and you're acknowledging that. We're saying thank you. I, I love that you're admitting it. That's great. That's great. I'm looking for some other questions on here. Speaking of power, Chad F. on Facebook is asking, at what point does a streetcar have too much horsepower? Mm. We've kind of touched on this before with the the horsepower wars that went on in the 2000s with AMG.
0: And aren't they kind of still going on? Yeah.
1: And they continue. He mentioned the Challenger's SRT8's 475 horsepower, just right for its size, while the Hellcat is far too much. Yeah, the Challenger SRT8 is unbelievably fast. Mm -hmm. It's... Amazing. I mean, you can get to some pretty crazy speeds really fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the Hellcat as well. I mean, the uh, the speed limits still exist. This
0: kind of ties into our discussion. <laughs> Sorry, there's that. our shirt of the night. Speed limits do exist with a, with s- an ellipse. S- something about With an <laughs> ellipse so that you just assume we know this. However.
1: I mean, you know, we'll always acknowledge that, and nothing we can do about it as enthusiasts, right? However, I... I love that I love that the price or the the horsepower wars continue mm, in mm. this. I I love that there's cars out there to aspire to that require a lot of you. Yeah. Let's tip this on its ear here and say in reverse, what if they were stopped? What if we capped everything at 500 no more from here on out? Yeah. No more. I mean, electric cars are now sold on the basis that they have over a thousand horsepower, everyone. Fair,
0: fair. This yeah. is
1: how electric cars are marketed and sold. That all your stuff on the instrument panel yeah. will hit your kids in the face when seriously. you step on it, seriously, because they're well, in the back seat. And
0: Faraday is currently running one of their ugly prototypes up Pike's Peak and breaking records. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: so you got to consider. That's right. I said it's
0: ugly. It's there. <laughs> I'm agreeing
1: you know we've got to consider this too electric cars will always have the increased horsepower mm-hmm. and that's because of all the torque and power that they've got yeah, i mean yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. But I, <laughs> but I want to speak to the numbers real quick. It's it's hard to justify saying, yeah, let's let's cut it out. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, it ties into what you and I were talking about on the last podcast about classification for licensing powerful cars. Agreed, agreed. It ties into that about mm-hmm. your skill as a driver and, mm-hmm. oh, you want to own this car and let's get you checked out to own this kind of power.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that, there could be some merit in discussing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I, I think – I actually, I want to speak to specific numbers for a minute. I think the sweet spot depends a little bit on car weight, but I think the cars that are between 2,000 and 3,000 pounds, 300 horsepower is your max. Sure, I think for I can cars see that. that are between 3,000 and 4,500, 500 is your max. And I'll give you two examples. A 240-horsepower supercharged Lotus Elise may as well be a moon rocket. That is a shockingly fast car <laughs> yes, at two thousand pounds with that kind of Doesn't power. Doesn't sound like it because <laughs> two forty. That sounds like for- nothing. Come on, two forty is nothing. Right. God, Who, ha- who wants two forty? Right. Put it in a Lotus Elise. Prepare yourself. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's the, the horsepower roughly in the uh, in the Alpha Four C. And you're never getting that car going. This car's not quick. You know. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. <laughs> right. Those are light cars. Those are mid two thousands. Right. Uh, but then look at the the Corvette like 3,200 pounds, the base Corvette now. Right. Notice I'm right. saying base, followed by 460-something horsepower. Yeah, it's 455, When or we had there. that car, there was never a moment when we looked <laughs> at each other and went, yeah, but I wish it was more powerful. Man, this thing can't get out of its own way. And we were on a back right. road where you can hit some serious speeds. And we kept thinking, when we drove that C7, it was early on in the, that product's lifespan. We drove the C7 and just kept thinking, you know they're only going to make more powerful versions from this. And we kept shaking our heads because that 3,200 horsepower, less than 500 horsepower. I mean, look, 3,200 pounds, 460 horsepower, that was plenty in that car. So those are my actual number answer for this. Yeah, I, I feel that way. But what about innovation and
1: special models that come out that are lighter weight and more power that we all lust after?
0: That yes. we just go wild. For. Yes, and then we wrap them around a tree, or well, you know, I, I, take them to a drag strip. These it, are the it options. It sounds like
1: you're kind of we're kind of slightly
0: disagreeing, even though I agree. I I uh, and I, I I think we are disagreeing because I'm a guy that I'm not. I'm, I, I drive an FRS, so call me biased, but I'm not obsessed with what's the power. I'm obsessed with how does it move. Yes. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I just feel like
1: car companies over the years have limited themselves. Porsche's guilty of this mm-hmm. because, you know, now they're getting insane horsepower out of that flat six. Yeah, yeah. But they've got to go incrementally over the years to keep selling product and they can't just jump to a thousand horsepower 911 even though that might be possible because
0: in two years you have to go oh my 911 is out of date I need right. another one yeah. and that's what sells cars mm. I mean true, the people true. that
1: drive the p100d Tesla Model X yeah aren't ever going to use all that power but they wanted the fully loaded give me the one with everything that's the one I want and that includes all the power too. the owner that loaned us his Model
0: X yes we were talking guy. with him this week, his name yeah. is Randy. He's an awesome guy. We're talking with him him this week. He has taken his entire model uh, t- <laughs> test the fleet Model S's and Model X's, and he upgraded everybody four to cars the, to the big P one hundred D's. The big Five cars, boys, four cars. I don't know that he up because he's given some away to family members. So I don't know that he updated okay. those. But the and ones his are in his had personal had garage, which was a Model X and two S's, he upgraded those to as big, heavy-duty boys as he could do. So super fast, all-wheel yeah. drive, and all the all the range. Why? Because he likes Teslas, and he can afford to. And right. they had a more updated model. You're right. That is that keeps selling cars, but it sells cars oh, anyway. Yeah,
1: we could debate this for a while, but. We'll go on to Steve Urban's question about the new logo and is it going to be available on new merchandise soon? As a matter of fact, Steve, we were kind of waiting for the logo to drop and be finalized before we did any new merchandise.
0: Before we did new shirts
1: for the show, Mm -hmm, everything. As mm -hmm. you can see, we're rolling it out across the brand, everywhere. But that's the intention.
0: It will hopefully be very soon. We will be updating our store. Hey, Steve, by the way. Thank you. Uh, we will be updating our store with uh, with all kinds of stuff. We may actually move our store around. We're going to have a bunch more products. This has been the unspoken thing kind of going on behind the scenes where we haven't really chased a lot more shirts because we just went, yeah, but then we've got to upgrade everybody again. We have a new right, logo. Right. It's going to be on everything. Steve actually has asked for a uh, license plate frame, which I hadn't thought of, but that would be fun. Oh, so think cool. uh, Yeah, it would be very cool. So maybe we'll get there. Uh, Sean Clark-, Clark wrote in, had a... Uh, either or question which is worse <laughs> a car with sporty looks but no performance to back it up uh, or a car that looks and sounds sporty without performance to back it up
1: Hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go with the sleeper definitely I, I like sleepers I like the ones that just can blow your doors off and you just don't know what's coming that's that's my, okay. uh that's my thought
0: yeah, I um hmm. This is I mean this is a it's a witch's worst question. You've put it you put it in the right terms. Um hmm. I actually think that it it kind of it can look sporty and not be sporty cuz at least it's interesting looking. I'll give you an example. Okay. The Mitsubishi Lancer in base form, not a powerful engaging car, but looks interesting. Define interesting compared to the other stuff in the segment. In base form, I mean, it's the better looking kind one. of. It's the better looking one. The the Mazda three that we talk about up one side and down the other is a good looking I mean, car. You're up to notch one, right? Yeah. It, but it's a <laughs> but it's a genuinely good looking car. If you're going to drive something that is does not have performance, I'd rather it looked like it had performance and sounded like it had performance. Okay. Okay. That's just me being being worrying about the aesthetics. Interesting. Because look, I, I will admit that my FRS still not fast. It's it's like a Shakespeare play. It's full of sound and fury signifying nothing. That car is loud, okay? It, it it tells you that it is coming. But if you get alongside me in your minivan, we probably have a worthwhile race on our hands. But yet I like the fact that it sounds cool, but it looks cool and get on a back road and I will leave you. That's where the car shines. But I True, do I like get that. those look, I like those base cars that look cool. I still think that's decent.
1: Mm-hmm. Speaking of Mitsubishi, David M. is writing in on Facebook. Is there any possible reason to get a 90s Eclipse Turbo? Because he wanted this more than life when he was in high school. (laughs) David, uh, you're going to need to find one on a used car lot and go for a lengthy test drive. worthwhile drive.
0: To really... Meet your hero.
1: Yeah. I I would say the cars from that era, maybe. I mean, maybe. But then you're driving a, what, 15, almost 20-year-old car... At this point, from 90... Yeah, from the Turbos. No, the 95. Turbo no, maybe not. That, that might be uh, about 10 years old at this Nine, point.
0: 95 is, to, to well, now is not 10 years old. Uh, We're I'm not good at, at the math, 90s, and still, that's seven, not good. No, still maybe it's, that old. It's 20-plus. It's, a, it's an old car. Maybe not. It's an old car.
1: Because if you're going to spend that money, modern turbos, more power. That's a big question. Modern conveniences question. and electronics
0: in the interior, all that jazz. But the question, I, the point of this I like the most is that you've said he needs to go drive one. I agree. Go yeah. meet your hero. Yeah. Because you'll either – <laughs> Your honestly, hero might not be, be your hero anymore. But, but that will decide it very quickly. Yeah. You'll walk away with the life experience and just go, I am glad I didn't own one, but I'm so glad I drove it. Or you'll go, you know what? That settles it. I have to have one now. Or you
1: could just leave that as the, you know, the paragon of I wanted could, that in high school and on, never drive it. But
0: come on, you got you got to go drive that car. You have to. You have to. I guess you do. I guess you do. All right. Well, interesting. Um, Lou, Louis wrote in on Facebook. Question we probably both should tackle because it is Porsche related. Um, but I'm going to yes. try to tackle it as the non-Porsche person. He says he's about to realize a lifelong dream. Congratulations of owning a 911. He's going 911 shopping. He has a price limit of just above thirty grand, like thirty-two grand is the limit. Mm-hmm. I I so he this. loves the Targa. Which generation should he buy? And he's he's just worried. He wants it to be a fun car. He's going to wrench on it some himself. But this is a this is an aspirational car for him that he's going to realize. First off, congratulations, that's really cool. Secondly. You're, the good news here is that the ridiculous prices of nine have kind of come over the crest and have headed back down a, a bit, a bit by, by a tiny, a tiny bit. bit. So the wave, yeah. you're, you're kind of on a little bit on the backside of the wave. I don't know that they're going to drop much more. What's nice is that the non special edition, they only made thirty. By the way, only one in this color cars. Those are the ones that have come down a lot more than the, the sure. turbos and the special guys. So sure. that's good. So with thirty grand in your pocket, you can absolutely get an old nine eleven. It's gonna probably need a little bit of work because those cars sure. generally, I think, are still overpriced. And he says that he can, make, yeah. you
1: know, spend some money during the life of the ownership here to make upgrades and restoration.
0: I, I would say, you know, obviously Targa is gonna gonna decide it. You know, mm-hmm. if you really want the Targa, I, I submit to you get the best nine eleven you can, Targa or non. I'm also gonna say to you, get the newest one you can because if you can get into the mid eighties Carreras, that car has. We actually just got in one. A friend of ours has an eighty seven. Yep. We just got in it again recently, and that car feels genuinely, like performance-wise, it keeps up with modern cars. Yes, which is cool. And it has that G50 transmission, which is a really good transmission. If you can get into the late 80s Carreras, I think that's the place to try to be. Then start going backwards based on budget. I love that answer. I was initially
1: going to start with the 996 generation, but then I thought, you know what? Targas from 86 to 89, somewhere in there, interestingly, are the lower price car of the convertibles and the coupes. Mm, For good. whatever reason, the Targas that's have good. come like down. I say go after that Targa and get your fix mm. because it just, as you said, there was some magic about that car. There
0: was something special, and it was just so much fun. Well, I mean, in 50 years of 911, that was one of my favorites was that late 87, uh, and that was the same car we just drove recently. You and I, uh, recent weekend, we drove it again, (laughs) and it's just, it's genuinely fun. And the thing I like about it is it's a genuinely fun car, but it doesn't, some, some classics, when you drive them, they feel like cars from their era, and it feels like all cars, minivans included, have kind of passed them by. And while it's a fun mm-hmm. event, yeah. you start thinking about, do I want to drive this in traffic? Do I want to drive those other other cars? Whereas that that mid to late 80s Carrera, sure. Performance-wise, you can keep up with anybody. You, you can just go and drive it in a normal way. And you can also go drive it on a back road and love it, which is a good mix.
1: Yeah. Surprising nobody. I went shopping after you and I drove that car.
0: Surprising no one at all. Yes. I
1: was just curious about the price and what he could sell his for. And then I found targets and convertibles
0: and And you and you promptly (laughs) tried to close your browser and it was very difficult this is what we do
1: massive thanks for listening guys we really really appreciate it uh the pilgrimage trip is coming one more reminder there and podcast one is the new platform so we're really looking forward to you joining on that platform and uh what else blu-rays a lot of stuff coming at at you you're right a lot of stuff we're we're planning Quite a bit, as a matter of there fact. There is
0: so much shooting going on uh, on our end. We are, we are shooting a ton of things. Yeah. Uh, every weekend, pretty much right now, we're shooting something which is really cool, which means lots of YouTube con- content and lots of stuff setting up for Vo- uh, Velocity Season 2, of which there will be more announcements as we get close. So thanks for being with us. Agreed. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>